heard a pastor <laughs> of a church that's somewhat similar to ours in that they have a lot of uh, college students that uh, when summer break comes along, um, that their attendance shrinks, but their offering stays the same. And that when the fall comes back around, their attendance explodes and their offering stays the same. So that's pretty much our church. So um, we're, we're glad that you all are here today. Um, and as you just heard read for us uh, this passage, we are, we're really going to focus on um, obviously the most uh, interesting part of that, that passage, greeting one another with a holy kiss. And then we're going to look at the, the, uh, the context around it. Um, but we, we were talking in our planning meeting about potentially maybe doing something like setting up like a, a kiss, maybe some kissing booths like in each corner of the room and then, you know, have a time afterwards to, you know, just obey what, what the scripture is telling us to do. Um, but we decided to not do that because we just, we couldn't get them built in time. So, um, yeah, so we'll, maybe next time when we do this verse, because, yeah, this is, this is, uh, yeah, this is like a life verse for me. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's not, it's not a life verse. Uh, but it's an important verse and it's in the Bible. And we want to know what, uh, why is it here? What does God have to say to us? Um, he's included it. So what's the significance for us? Um, Today we're, we're wrapping up a series called Gospel Culture, and uh, what we've been doing in this series is we've been looking specifically in the New Testament at passages that help us see um, the, the direct connection that's made between vertical and horizontal. So our, our relationship with God, our relationship with Christ, the, the good news, the gospel, the, the good news of God's grace to the undeserving, how that, that directly shapes and informs how we interact with one another, how that actually transforms our relationships. Love as you've been loved, forgive as you've been forgiven. And looking at how this gospel doctrine creates a gospel culture, one in which the whole vibe and tenor and sense and smell of it is, is that of Christ. As we are connecting with him and he's transforming our hearts individually, we come together and we embody that in love, in our relationships with one another. And so um, what we've been doing is we've been taking a different one another. Uh, there's all these, there's a bunch of them in the New Testament, these phrases that have one another in it, where the, the, the church, where we are commanded to do certain things together with one another, um, these kind of signposts for how we're to, uh, to operate together, to live our lives together. And... Um, We've been looking at one each week, and today we are looking specifically at greet one another with a holy kiss. These, uh, these one another's, this gospel culture that we've been talking about, um, it's kind of like family, family traits, or like a family resemblance. That's the idea, that this is, this is what Jesus looks like, this is, what he's, this is how he acts, this is how he thinks about people, this is how he engages with people. And as you personally get around Jesus more and more, as you let him into more and more places in your heart, in your life, he begins to shape you. He begins to rub off on you to where it changes how you interact with other people. So the question that I want us to ask is, with this one another, what in the world does greeting one another with a holy kiss, how does that bear resemblance to Jesus? How is that a family trait of, of Christ? So that's what we're going to look at. Um, and we're, when we do this, we're going to look at it in three sections. Um, so our first section is going to be moving towards one another, moving towards one another. The second is moving away from one another. And the third is moved towards by another. So moving towards one another, moving away from one another, and moved towards by another. 
All right, so let's, uh, let's start in verse 12. So uh, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 12, and then we're going to pull back to look at a little bit of the rest of this context a little bit later. Greet one another with a holy kiss. So what I want to do is I want to I break this, uh, this section into to two parts because in this, this passage, or sorry, this verse, you see the what and you see the how. So you see the what is greet one another and you see the how with, an, with a holy kiss. So greet one another. Let's, let's look at that first. So greeting. This is, don't have to get deep to understand this, just literally means say hello. It means say hi and say someone's name if you know it. Going a little bit deeper than that, the idea with greeting is when two people acknowledge and make their presence known to one another versus, you know, passing by one another like two ships in the night and, uh, and essentially ignoring one another. So this is a really basic, I mean, it's a, it sounds like a really small thing, um, but it actually has really big implications because if, if we can't greet one another, then we can't show up in, in one another's lives in deeper ways. Because greeting one another is like the doorway into relationship with one another, with ongoing relationship with one another. Acknowledging, you know, when we gather in times like this and we see each other throughout the weeks, um, acknowledging one another and saying hello. I mean, this is, this is literally what this is talking about, the importance of saying hello to someone. Looking them in the eye and acknowledging that you see them and that they're there. I mean, there's nothing worse, right? Especially when it, when it comes to church. I mean, I've, I've visited churches in the past where, and I'm sure it's happened here, and I'm sure I've done it to people as well, but, you know, you walk in if you're visiting a church, and it's like you're not even there. It's like, does anybody even notice that I'm, that I'm here? And it takes that sense of um, isolation and insignificance and just magnifies it. Um, so this is, you know, it's a small thing, but it's actually a really, really um, important thing. It's interesting, too, that... Um, even those outside the church see this as, uh, as a really positive thing about the church. This is really interesting. Um, there's a guy named Sanderson Jones who, uh, you can look this up, he started this thing, he's, he's from Europe, he started this thing called Sunday Assembly. And he is a comedian, um, entrepreneur guy, started this thing called Sunday Assembly, and it's also referred to as Atheist Church. And basically what it is is he's not a Christian, He's secular and promotes humans or humanistic secularism, which is basically what is here, what you can see is all that there is. Um, and they basically do church without God, basically. They, they come to spaces that look just like churches. They have music set up. They have a screen. They sing songs. Um, it's really fascinating. They basically say, like, we like what church is like, but we just don't like the teaching. And so they just take the teaching out and they do church. And it's grown. There's a ton of people go to this. It's all over the world now. Um, but one of the things, he, he went and he's, he's based in London, and he went and visited a couple of churches one Sunday and kind of did like a, a live tweet of it as he was visiting. And one of the really positive things that he said was, um, he said, you know, when you think about, he was talking about, uh, you know, the humanistic societies that he's a part of where they do different gatherings and stuff. He says, he's basically saying like, you have to be told and trained how to welcome people there. He's like, but it's just a given, and he calls it, he calls it church land, is what he calls it. Um, it's just a given in church land um, that you take for granted, that this is just what, this is just what they do. And um, I think it's interesting that, that he notes that, A, that it's a positive thing, and, and we should do it, um, but also that it's not a given, 
it's not a given in the world that you're greeted and acknowledged as a, as a person um, with, you know, significance and bearing the image of God. And a big part of, I think, greeting, again, it seems like such a small thing, is even that small, you know, pebble drop in the lake has big ripples, right? Because loneliness is, is I mean, it's a real epidemic in a lot of ways. I mean, it's very serious. A lot of people, um, I think we all experience loneliness to some degree or another, but some of us much more than others. And, um, you know, nothing's worse than, like I said earlier, not getting greeted and just feeling like, yeah, I really am alone. Um, there's a psychologist named Shira Naiman who said this, loneliness is perhaps the greatest of human aches. It thwarts our fundamental urge for connection. And she starts talking about how, you know, this, even as babies, this is the thing. She says, even as infants, we look into the eyes of our parents to seek the reassurance of their mirroring gaze. In our early lives, the security of our attachment, our attachments with our caregivers help shape the degree of confidence with which we'll move throughout the world. Greeting is a small thing that pushes back against loneliness. That small little pebble drop has the ripple effect of even if you don't feel it in that moment. Imagine if you were, you were not greeted by anyone whatsoever when you walked in today or when you walked in any church at any point. It's a deep human need and it's something that we all long for. Um, and so, yeah, when, we're looking, when you're looking someone in the eye and saying hello, and if you know their name, saying their name, um, you're pushing back loneliness even just a little bit. You're not letting loneliness win. So that's the what. I want to look at the how now, okay? So this is, you know, this is the elephant in the room, right? So now we're, we're moving towards one another. That's the idea. We're moving towards one another. We're showing up in one another's lives. That's the idea of greeting. But now we're supposed to be doing it with a holy kiss, which some of you are like, get me out of here. And others of you are like, wait, we get a kiss in church? Which, if that's you, then you just, you need, that's just creepy, all right? So you, you just need to, please don't, don't approach someone else if that's you um, with your holy kiss. Um, are we being commanded, the Bible's saying, greet one another with, with a holy kiss, are we being commanded to kiss one another when we show up and see one another? Um, I want to look at a few things to help us try and understand this and interpret it. Um, the first thing I want us to, to make note of is that um, this does not say greet one another with a kiss. It says greet one another with a holy kiss. So right off the bat, um, Paul's making a distinction between a kiss and a holy kiss. Holy, like, see, it's the idea of being set apart for God, right? So here's what I think immediately we can see right here is that there is such a thing as holy physical touch, and there is such a thing as unholy physical touch. There is such a, there is such a touch that is um, not set apart for God, it is set apart for selfish motives, right? And some of you, if not many of you, have experienced um, that, whether it's been in the church or been outside of the church, you've been a victim of touch that's not been set apart for God, that there's, you've been manipulated or abused in some way. And that's a very real reality. And so, you know, I, I recognize that some of you are hearing this greet when I was a holy kiss, and you're like, I don't, don't touch me. Like, that's, that, I, I've been... I've been really hurt. Maybe you were a little kid, or maybe it's been more recently in your life. Um, and so, you know, to, to you, I, you know, I just want to say from my heart, I'm so sorry that that's happened to you. It's so unfortunate that it happens to so many people. Um, and I'm so sorry 
but God's, uh, God is not going to let that go unredeemed in your life, and he's going to use it to continue writing his story of grace in your life. Um, so he's using that in your, in your life, even if you can't see it now. Um, but there is such a thing as, uh, as physical affection that is um, not endorsed by Scripture and should be avoided. And I'll also say this, too, that, you know, here, here at our church, we take, we take this seriously. You know, we, we, we are going to protect our children. We're going to protect minors. We're going to believe victims. And we're going to turn over to the authorities abusers. We're just not going to, we're not going to put up with it here. Um, so just so you know that. I uh, hope that doesn't need to be said, but just so you know it. So that's one thing. Specifically, this is a holy kiss. There's something different about this kind of touch. Now, the next thing is this. If you look back historically at the early church, from the earliest accounts of what it was like to do church as these earliest Christians, they actually, most congregations, separated the men and the women. They had the men sit together and they had the women sit together. So now I'll say to the guys, is this holy kiss thing sounding so, you know, like enticing now? Um, and also, just so you know, if you look at the, the art of representing this time, this, this kiss, which, which again, this was, we'll talk about it in a second, it was a cultural thing, this kiss was not on the cheek, this was on the lips. So I'll just, I'll just leave that there for you, for you uh, men and women, you know, that, I don't know. Um, so they were, they were kept separate, and that was part of the reason. Um, and, uh, but then also, the, the third thing is that, uh, you know, in this time, in this culture, kissing was a common part of greeting. Um, it is not a common part of greeting in our culture. Now, I've been to cultures where it is, and it is the weirdest thing when, like, a husband and a wife come up and kiss you on the cheek. It's like, did I just commit adultery? I don't know what just happened. I don't know. Do I need to confess this? Um, you know, just it, a, lot, a lot of cultures, it's still, you know, it's a common thing. Um, and it means, you know, it is holy, right? It is set apart for God. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. Um, but for us, you know, that, it looks different, right? And I think that's, that's important for us to see, right? They... Paul was not telling them to engage in some sort of physical touch that they were, it was foreign to them, right? This was already a part of their culture. Now he's saying, just make sure when you do it that it's set apart for God and that it's used for uh, when it's appropriate, when it's welcomed, and, you know, for the building up of the body and, honestly, between guys and guys and ladies and ladies. And then the last thing I want to note about this, this how is um, it's interesting. If you look at the original language with all these commands in verse 11 and then in verse 12, in verse 11, they're all in this, they're, they're written in a way that it's, it, they're all saying, do this continually. Make it a lifestyle habit of aiming for restoration. Make it a lifestyle of comforting one another and agreeing with one another. And then you get to the screeching halt with verse 12 when it says greet one another. It looks very different. It's very different. It is not saying make this a regular part of your life, a, a, a habitual thing. This is saying, basically, do it right now once. So, this letter, when it was written from Paul to the, the church at Corinth, um, it would have been read aloud by whoever delivered it, right? And then he's saying, all right, so, all right, now it's over. You're done. You're about to leave. So greet one with the holy kiss, gone. So this isn't like this should be, you know, the, the holy kiss part of this, 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 um, this touch that's set apart um, for God. It should not be, you know, a regular, you, you can greet someone without having to touch them. And that's, that's the normative thing that we should be doing. We should be greeting one another, and when appropriate, and when welcomed, and when in a holy way, mainly between guys and guys and girls with girls, um, do it with, you know, physical touch. Because think about it, with your family, do you hug your family? We hug our family, right? We're comfortable with that. If you're not hugging your family, or if you're not hugging, you know, certain members 
of your, of your family, it's, it's because there's some sort of dysfunction, right? It's a sign of unhealth. Um, and so I, I think one of the points of this is, you know, as you see so much in, in the New Testament is that we are sons and daughters of God. We're brothers and sisters. We are a family, right? And so we should view one another as that, right? Not as objects for gratification, but as brothers and sisters. So that is the, that's the what and the how of, uh, of greeting one another with a holy kiss. So we're, we're moving towards one another. Moving towards one another. We're greeting one another. But then secondly is moving away from one another. Because, you know, it's not just, it's actually not just inevitable that we will greet one another. Um, and I want to talk about two reasons. Uh, there, I'm sure there's others. But I want to talk about two reasons that we don't greet one another. That we will be uh, tempted to just, you know, pass each other like two ships in the night. The first is this, is that um, the first reason why you'll move away from one another is that your comfort level is off. Something about your comfort level is, is, uh, is out of whack. So on one hand, you could be overly uncomfortable. And this is, I'm just talking about the, the command part of this, the greeting part, right? Not the way in which it's supposed to be done with the optional sometimes, you know, giving a hug or a handshake or, or whatever, elbow bump, whatever it is right now. Um, sometimes it's easy to be overly uncomfortable, right? Whether you're, if you're shy or if you have social anxiety or if you're an introvert like me and you're just like, I hate small talk, what am I supposed to talk about? I don't know. And you're like, I don't want to get into a situation where it's awkward and it's like, I don't know their name and I forgot their name. Um, it's easy to be overly uncomfortable. Um, and it, it makes me think about... Um, this essay that was written by Bunmi Ladditson. Um, it's called I Miss the Village. And in it, she, she talks about, it's a modern woman and writing in a modern time, and she keeps, she keeps using this phrase, I miss the village that I never had. I miss the village that I never had. And she explains in different ways, but basically gets down to this, this idea of, you know, a village being a community of people that you know, they know you, you trust them, they trust you, you would trust your kids with them, they would trust their kids with you, like you're just, you're living life together, there's a sense of connection and intimacy as a group, and for many reasons, not just because we live in a modern world now, but for many reasons, we find ourselves not having that, and that's a, there's a deep human longing for that kind of connection. God said right off the bat, the first thing he said was not good was to be alone was to be disconnected from one another. And it's not just for a marriage relationship, that's for all relationships. It's not good to be alone. And um, I think we do ourselves a great disservice when we allow our uncomfortability to, uh, to lead us away from the village, to lead us away from pursuing, finding a village, which I think, I think Jesus meant for us to find in his body amongst one another. So you can be overly uncomfortable, but you can also be overly uh, comfortable with one another. And that's also a reason why we will move away from one another. Because if you think about it, you know, who, who are the people that you will treat the worst in your life? It's the people closest to you. It's the people in, in your family, in your household. Those are the people that, you know, you'll, you'll raise your voice with, you'll, uh, you'll, just tr you'll treat them like you won't treat anybody else. Um, because you're overly comfortable with them and you take the relationship with them for granted and you've just, you know, you've let formalities and, you know, civility and niceness and kindness and basic decency just go to the wayside. I forget where I heard it, but somebody, 
uh, along the way was, was giving some marriage advice, and they said, um, it doesn't matter how long you're married, make sure to every day say good morning and say good night. Because there's something about just that common basic decency that needs to be there in our relationships. Because the reality is, we think about greeting, it's like, it's just, it's just the new people, right? It's just the greeters outside that need to be greeting the new people. This is greet one another. And it is something to be done when we see each other all the time. And so we see each other every week. We see each other week after week after week. And you think, do I have to keep saying hi to this person, keep saying hi to this person, saying hello, yeah, all this? Um, and the answer is yeah. Because that keeps the door open to deeper relationship with one another. That keeps the door open to being able to show up in one another's lives when, when our lives are falling apart and we need each other and we need the village, so to speak. Um, so there's a temptation to get overly comfortable that will lead us away from one another. But I think the one that's probably really in view here is this. Um, the second reason is that you aren't reconciled. There's someone in your church, in this church, that you aren't reconciled with. There's somebody that has hurt you, somebody that's offended you, someone that's just rubbed you the wrong way, and I've had people like this in my life too, and I'm sure I've been this person to people as well, that when you see them, you're not walking up to greet them and welcome them and make room for them, right? You're, you see them and you're just subtly going the other way, making sure you don't have to interact with them. If you look in um, verse 11, you see that this is the context. Um, it says in verse 11, finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. And then it says, greet one another with a holy kiss. This is the context. Reconciled relationships. Unity. Fighting for restoration. Because that is the reality that we all, that's just, that's latent in the DNA of any gathering of people, including the churches, that there's always something that could go wrong that's going to lead us to, instead of coming closer together in intimacy, it leads us to go further apart from one another. So is there someone that you know, I just, I don't want to greet them. I don't want to say hey to them. That's probably someone that you need to reconcile with. That's probably someone that you need to say, um, you need to let them know in love, right, that, that you were hurt or offended by something they did or said, or you need to go to them and say, you knew that in your heart, even if they didn't receive it this way, that you did something that meant them harm. It goes both ways. Reconciliation. Not being reconciled. That is the thing that will keep us from doing this simple thing that keeps the, the foundation of basic decency together. And I, I think it was, was Dietrich Bonhoeffer who said this. Um, I couldn't find the exact quote but so I could just be completely making this up, but I'm pretty sure this is right, and, um, and I like it, so I'm going to go with it. Um, I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. Don't Google it, and don't get me fired if I am lying to you right now. Um, but I think he said this. Um, in the church, the person that you least want to be there is there every Sunday. The person that you least, there's always one person you're just like, oh, why does this person have to go to my church? You know, like I just, this person just bobbing right then and they're there, right? And, you know, you, God put them there, right? They're your neighbor, right? And so, um, so we need to work towards reconciliation. We need to aim for restoration. Which brings me to the final section, moved towards by another. So this warm, genuine 
greeting and welcome should be part of the, the defining vibe of the gathering of the people of Jesus, of our church and of any church. Um, but as we stated earlier, you, you don't get the horizontal right. That's kind of out of whack until you get the vertical right. You don't get the gospel culture with all of its flourishing and beauty and love and peace and restoration and reconciliation, reconciliation without first having that vertically with God. I want to uh, read to you a verse that is saying something very similar to what's being said here. And I think it makes a great connection for us to see the line between what Christ has done for you and how that is supposed to shape and transform and alter our relationships with one another. Romans 15, 7 says this, therefore, welcome one another. That's gospel culture. Welcome one another. Don't have any outsiders. Don't have any cliques. Don't have anybody alone. Welcome one another. And then you get gospel doctrine. As Christ welcomed you for the glory of God. Welcome one another, gospel, doctrine, gospel culture, as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God, gospel doctrine. Christ has welcomed you. Christ has welcomed you. When you did not deserve it, he moved towards you. He made room for you. Right? When Jesus was dying on the cross, it's, it's, this was not just a visual, but it is partly it is that. Right? His arms are wide open, almost just, and he's bleeding. He's saying, I'm making room for you. I'm making room for you at my Father's table. I'm making room for you to have the same kind of honor and connection with my Father that I have. This is, this is amazing that Christ would welcome us, that he would welcome you. And, you know, if you, if you haven't experienced that kind of welcome, you won't be a welcoming person. You won't. Because you will think, you will think that God hasn't welcomed you. You will, you will think that God is unwelcoming towards you. You'll think that either because you think you're just, you're too bad, you're too far gone, you're too messed up, or you've, maybe you were good at one time, but you've just crossed that line one too many times, and you, you have this stiff arm feeling from God that he's just kind of like, ah, just get out of my, get out of my face, get out of my life, like, you know, just resistant towards you. You don't feel that warm, genuine welcome that initiated with you that said, hey, Kevin. Or maybe you think God just owed it to you because you are so good, because you do all the right things. You haven't done the bad things. And you just think, I, you really don't feel welcome by God because you're like, We've, why wouldn't he? You know, so you've got some Pharisee in you. You've got, that, you've got some judgmental um, tendencies in you. And that's going to make you unwelcoming as well because you're going to feel superior to people. You're going to look down on people. It's only when you know that you did not deserve to be welcomed by Christ. And yet you have been fully and completely in that now you can enter the throne of grace boldly based on not your work, nothing that you've done, but simply the finished work of Christ. Experiencing that welcome, knowing that welcome will over time, slowly but surely, transform you, even if you are shy, whatever, you know, worried about being an awkward person, will lead you to become a welcoming person who bears in your heart and in your soul the very welcome of Christ. We would extend that to people who may not even deserve it, especially those who you need to be reconciled with. 
So I'm going to leave you with, um, with three things I think practically that this, this can look like. A couple of practical things. I think um, one is that we have greeters. We have greeters at the door, but we're all greeters. This is not, you know, this isn't just written to the people on the hospitality team at the church at Corinth. You know, greet one another um, whenever they walk in the doors. This is written to the whole church. This is written to us. This is written to you. Greet one another. That we should, we should bear that responsibility as the body of Christ with one another. Whether or not you're on a specific team or not. Um, the second is this, is greet new people first. I think there, I think there is a priority to greetings. Um, I think first, we should greet new people. I think second, we should greet new returning people. And third, I think we should greet uh, people who are alone for whatever reason, whether they're new or not. And then fourth, I think we should greet our friends. And I've had people do this to me in this church, and I've done it to people in this church, and no one's offended by this. If you're talking to one, somebody in the fourth category, that's a friend, and you see somebody new that walks in, you can just say, hey, somebody new walked in, I'm going to go say hey to them. Greet one another. And when appropriate and when welcomed, do it with set apart for God, uh, physical affection. And then lastly, just as uh, I think as a, as a practical thing, is to greet one new person a week. Now, there may not be, you know, you may have thought, well, I've, I've seen all the new people for this week or whatever, however, however many weeks. Um, a new person to you, right? Approach somebody and it risks the awkward, right? Because of, of what could be on the other side of that, of pushing back a little bit of their loneliness, pushing back a little bit of your loneliness, to taste a little bit of that village that I think Jesus came to, to bring to us. Because that's exactly what Jesus is saying to us. That's what he's saying to you. He's come to let you be a part of his village, to make this his village, where he's right in the middle of it, showing up in our encounters, even as we struggle and stumble towards him. And so um, what I want to do right now is I want to give us an opportunity not to greet one another with a holy kiss, but to greet one another. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it in line with, uh, with, with the historical church that's been doing this for many, many centuries. It's a very simple thing. We haven't done it before, but we're going to introduce it today. Um, if you've been to a church, uh, a different church, you may have ex uh, experienced this. This may be brand new to you. It's called passing the peace. And the idea is this, is that you turn to those that are around you. And this isn't a time to catch up on your week or to, to even really say hello. Um, this is really about saying we have been reconciled. God has given us peace. He is our peace. And now we get to share that with one another and reconcile relationships. And even if there is some unreconciliation going on, we have all that we need in Christ to work through that together. And so what you do is you just turn to the people around you and you can say something like, peace be with you or the peace of Christ be with you. Right, so you're not catching up on the game. You're not, no, this is specific. You're, you're saying one of those two things. Peace be with you or the peace of Christ be with you. So I'm going to give you all just a few moments with the people around you to do that. And, uh, and as you all are doing that, David's going to come and he's going to lead us in uh, observing and celebrating the Lord's Supper. So um, share the peace of Christ. If you can stand up and just pass the peace for a few moments.
time for us to celebrate communion, the Lord's Supper. It's a reminder of how we are forgiven and reconciled to God. It's um, a, a time to remember that Jesus came and gave his, his body for us, that he died on the cross in the place uh, for us, for our sins. Uh, it's also a time to remember that um, this not to be taken lightly. It, as we come before Jesus and celebrate communion, we need, need to, um, to consider that maybe there's a sin we need to confess. And as we celebrate, ultimately, the gospel here, we, we do ask that um, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we are so happy that you are here. We pray you continue to come. Uh, but this is a celebration for believers. We're going to have um, two lines here. We're going to have uh, one over here. If, um, if you still need to be careful, in particular regarding COVID, please come and get the, um, the bread and the cup over here. And over this line, we're going to um, serve each other like we have always done before COVID and like we've done the last time. We're going to serve each other. One person will look to the other person. And you will say, the body of Jesus broken for you, the blood of Jesus shed for you. Are there um, words on the, the screen? Okay, I think the words will be on the screen. If you, if you, all right, there we go. Ask and you shall receive. Um, and so, um, anyway, then wait, and, please wait until you get to your seat, and then I will let you know when it's time to uh, partake of the, um, the, the cup and the um, bread. Please come.
Luke records in chapter 22, Jesus took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, And this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the incredible gift of salvation and of reconciliation with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing? You will feast on the house of Zion. Mm-hmm. 